This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Whether taking a road trip to the beach, heading to the mountains, or driving to the city, summer adventures are nonstop fun in a new Honda. But let's face it, summer trips can really add up. That's why I love the fuel efficiency of Honda. With Honda, you can save your money for other things, like that awesome keychain at the convenience store, that brand new album you wanted, or whatever else your heart desires. New Hondas are arriving daily. See your local Honda dealer and start your summer adventures today. Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman, and joining me right now is Janusz Janais and Max Cohen. This is our post-match show of Fulham's goalish draw against Middlesbrough. We have a lot to talk about in regards to this match, and before I bring the guys on, I thought a great way to get us started would be to talk about the quotes from Scott Parker after the match. I find them revealing. You can read these on the Fulham website, so I thought this is where we should start. So I'm going to read the quotes now. Okay, here we go. These are from Scott Parker. Quote, firstly, this is the proudest I've been of this team. I said that to them in the changing room. I've been in the role now for six months, and when you look at the division, we top many of the stats charts, whether that is possession, whether that is we produce the most shots on target, we concede the lowest shots on our goal. But what the players show me today, you can't measure. They show desire, passion, effort and a real mentality about us. What we showed today is going to define us. This is a massive moment for us, and a certainly a massive moment for me. Part of me is a little disappointed because we were in control, and even with 10 men, we had some good chances. I'm absolutely delighted and feel like this is a bit of a moment, and I want my players to understand that. What we showed today is going to define whether we are successful or not, unquote. Those are some powerful quotes from Scott Parker. Max, I'll go to you first. What do you make of the quotes from Parker after the match? Share your thoughts, and then I'll go to Giannis. 
Yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm glad he's talking about the team spirit because, you know, no matter what we're going to talk about with the goalkeeping error, which is the, the moment that everyone else is talking about, that's the biggest storyline. But sure. I think he's done the right thing as a manager. And you don't go out there in a post-match and and uh, and go in and put down your keeper. You talk about the spirit of the team. And he's absolutely right. Because from 10 men for 70-odd minutes, after being put in a terrible situation in which he really didn't back us to get the win or, or a point at all, we got a really good clean sheet away from home. That being said, I think, I think he's wrong about that because what defines our season is whether you win away at teams like Middlesbrough. And we all saw it for the 90 minutes on Saturday. It was a slog. They are a terrible team. They really have a good chance of being relegated, honestly, after that showing. And you're going to look back at this in May, I'm fairly certain. And this could be the difference between automatic promotion and the playoffs and say we really missed out on three points away at a very poor team. And the reason we did that is because of the goalkeeper error. But okay. to be fair, the team spirit after that was superb. I think Mollison was excellent at the back. Kearney was bossing in midfield. If Micho get, gets that header down a bit, we win that match. It's a different story. But at the end of the day, I was so frustrated because this was such a winnable match. And we really can't keep leaving points on the table if we want to get top two. Okay, but Max, what I think he's talking about is how they played together to get that point, to fight all the way through. I'm Again, I'm paraphrasing a little bit of what I think he's talking about, but I think he's more talking about the effort that the team gave and how they saw that point out. I think he's looking at it as a mentality situation, whereas they showed a great determination. I think that's where he's going, but you are looking at it, it sounds like to me, more of two points dropped. Yeah, because, it, it, of course, after you go down to 10 men, you shift to the mentality, and, and that's the angle you want to take as a manager. And he's right. But at, at the end of the day, I know the situation is different, but we can't be happy with this point away at such a bad team. And we saw it. They, were, they couldn't even break us down when we had 10 men. The okay. finishing was disgraceful. I mean, it almost looked, wow. it, it almost didn't seem like we had, we had 10 men. I mean, come on. You, you disagree with me? Millsborough hadn't won a home in ages. I think they haven't won a match in their last six. This is a bad team. I know, Max, when you go down 10 men, I I think it's quite the feat when you can still come out of a a place like that, the Riverside, which is not an easy place to go and get a point. I think that can be something that can catapult you moving forward. I think that's where he's going on this. I understand where you're going on. You're looking at it as the place we are in the division and how the points lost could hurt us. But I think he's looking at more big picture. Yeah, but I think even big picture, we have to start taking this team a little bit more seriously and say, if we actually think we have a chance of automatic promotion, which was said in the, in the full-time show, I think you, yep. know, you, you guys mentioned it. Um, we still have a shot at that. Then we, we can't be slipping yeah. up like this. And the slip-up was caused by a really bad error. And okay. things like that can't we'll be repeated. We'll talk about that. <laughs> We're certainly going to talk I, about I, that. I, I, listen, I, and Russ, I, I don't mean uh, to be too harsh on the here, but I don't think that's controversial to say that Rodak cost us a match here. I just don't think it's controversial. And I'll, feel free to disagree with me, but I think that's just a fact. Okay. I just think that's a fact. Well, as uh, I was uh, talking to Robert Wilson, he actually on full-time said, I wanted to know his opinion. If it was still 11 versus 11, does he think Fulham would have won? And I think if I remember correctly, he said comfortably. And uh, I tend to agree with Robert on that. I, I thought we were the better team before the red card. So I certainly understand that, Max. Let me go to Giannis, bring him into the conversation. Giannis, I want to get your thoughts on what Max shared about 
the comments from Scott Parker. What I took out of it was he's talking about a mentality, showing that determination. And that's what I think he's talking about moving forward, that you can grind out a point, even though, as Max said, maybe you can look at it as two points drop because of Middlesbrough, but I took it as it might be a, a step backwards, but it also could be a step forwards in if you're looking at a team moving forward big picture-wise that they know that they can grind something out when they have to. I'm curious your, your view on it. I, I look at it as a mentality issue. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I take the point. I mean, it's never easy to go to the Northeast. I mean, we all had a laugh a couple of years ago when Tricky Coleman was manager and Sunderland hadn't won a game in 100 years, and, of course, they had to beat us. Right. You know, and uh, that was the, the, the low point of that season, and suddenly it took off. It was an interesting performance. I thought we battled very, very well. Um, and it's funny because the Middlesbrough manager felt that the fact that we were down to 10 men discombobulated what they did and uh, that they seemed to lose a little bit of balance. It's interesting. I mean, you know, Rodak, you know, a penny for his thoughts because, you know, nobody wants to make mistakes. He's a young keeper and, yep. you know, he's he, nobody, nobody, but nobody would have felt worse than him in the stadium uh, after that. Um, you know, it, They've given the red. It's done. Um, but it's not like our defence, defensively, we've not made screw-ups this year. It's not my, like we haven't missed open nets. You know, it's just the problem is the, the, the role of the goalkeeper is magnified that much more. So sure. I was delighted that we got the point for him because, you know what, he's going to be missing, you know, the next three games and he's going to feel bad enough about it. He's the young keeper was given a chance. It's not quite you know, worked according to plan, but I think there's something there with Scotty. I think there's something there, and I, I really, honestly believe that you have to have competition for, for goalkeeping. I don't think that uh, I don't think you can just have a, you know, keeper one A, and you just go, okay, that's your man. Um, I think uh, I wouldn't go so over the top as to what Parker said about defining. I don't think it is. I mean, okay. we've got Schmull on Saturday, and if we can beat Schmull, we might be in the top three. But if we don't sure. beat Schmull, beat Schmull, then really. There was the, you know, the performance on Saturday won't mean a lot, but um, it was a bit of an odd game. It's a, it's a long journey, Russ. The North, yep. you know, uh, uh, it's, a, it's a long journey, and I don't. Uh, and they remind me a lot of Stoke. Um, you look at their lineup and you go, why are they down there? Right, exactly. They, they, they've got they've got talent, but it's it's, not, it's just not happened for them. And no. uh, we have a chance, but you know what? It, we, it's almost an upwards to the next game. We just deal with it and, and what have you. I'll take the point and we head down the A1 and, and uh, uh, we, just, we, we, you know, we accept it for what it's worth. Okay, excellent, Giannis. Uh, let me go right back to you. Let's talk about the starting 11. There were some moves here, you know, one specific, uh, Josh and Oma. So what were your thoughts when you saw the starting 11? Well, I wonder what, yeah, over. yeah, the Anoma um, the one, I, I, I thought, oh, my God. So the first thing I thought is, oh mother. Um, <laughs> uh, I hope that's not a part of it. You know, it's um, a loan deal. Therefore, you've got to play him X amount of games. He's not a player that's in my strongest eleven. Okay. Um, but then again, I thought it, it was. It looked a little bit more defensively set up. But the the beauty is we'd scored three against Luton, and um, although we conceded two, you know, Mitro's scoring goals for fun right now. And uh, with the sort of attack that we've got, we're capable of beating any team we want. 
whatever time we want to. So I thought the lineup was okay. The only one was a Noma. I, I'm, I've not seen anything in a Noma really to convince me should be in the 11th, to be honest. Okay. Um, but, um, you know, I'd be curious to see. I, I don't know if any questions were asked of Scotty. Why did you pick a Noma? You know, uh, I hope it wasn't, uh, what do you call it? It wasn't uh, Felix Bingo. But <laughs> we remember those days. Quite I will say one, this about Josh and Noma before I he... we had enough to beat them. Okay. Okay, before we had enough to beat he them. was replaced, he made some errors, and we could certainly uh, talk a little bit about that. Max, over to you. Thoughts on the starting 11 and the 18 overall? Yeah, you know, Noma, I think that was a match Parker thought he could really shine in because we haven't seen him from the start. And I think it, there's a lot to be said for players playing the full 90 right. and becoming a different player than just throwing on the last 20 minutes. It's difficult to come on as a sub and really make a mark on a match. Unfortunately, you're right, Ross. He didn't play too well in the first 20 minutes. But no. for him, he, the biggest person he has to blame is Merrick Rodak. Because if he if, it, if he wasn't one sacrificed, you know, who knows? He could have been a lot more assured. He could have grown into the match. We never really know. Um, another thing I want to talk about uh, for the starting 11, though, is uh, yep. no Sessegnon. We haven't seen him yep. since the Charlton match. And he was on the bench, so I'd assume he's recovered from an injury. He might have picked up on international duty. But it seems he's kind of fallen out of favor. And Adoy is now the right back. But that could also just be fixture clog, a lot, a lot of matches. And then I, I probably would have liked to see Johansson yeah. in this kind of match as well because Borough did kind of fight dirty. They, they weren't very pretty when they had the ball. They couldn't build much with it, but they liked to press us. So I would have really liked to see Parker uh, Parker play Johansson in there. But okay. apart from that, another big decision, you know, no knockout in this game either. And, right. you know, that, that's another big shout. But, again, I thought Bobby Reed and Cavalier actually did really well, well in the wings. Yeah. So. Didn't really have too many complaints about that one. Okay, excellent. All right. Let's get to it. Let's talk about the first half. Obviously, we're going to be talking about Merrick Rodak in just a second. But before I do that, I, I want to just talk about the beginning stages. And, Giannis, I want to get your thoughts on this because I, I talked to Robert Wilson on full-time about this. I felt that uh, Fulham were in control early on. This is all before the red card. And I was confident that they were going to break this team down and score some goals. I want to get your thoughts before we talk about the red card of the opening stages because I thought if Fulham were, like I said, 11 on 11, they were going to win this match. Did you feel the same way from those opening stages? Yeah, I did. I, I, really, liked, um, I really liked the way that we, um, we moved the ball in, in zones three and four. I thought we moved the ball quickly. It was a lot of one and two touch stuff. I thought the movement of the ball was very good. I thought the interchange of passing and movement off the ball was very good. And, and, and Borough looked like they were chasing shadows. And they looked like a team that, frankly, are what they are right now. They're really struggling. And, right. you know, it's one of those head scratches that before the season, if you look at you look at the division, you'd have to say that you'd think that Borough would be in the top six. They'd certainly Absolutely. Don't maybe top two. But, yeah, certainly knocking around the, the playoff spots. And you could see they were really, really, really short of confidence. Yeah. Um, and I and I thought I thought it was going to be inevitable we were going to pop one in. Um, but so we, we dominated proceedings, and then um, of course then we, we had uh, you know that's the, I suppose that's the beauty and folly of, of footy, right? I mean you you're a second away from brilliance and a second away from something going belly up, and uh, then uh, all of a sudden we were down to ten men. Okay, and we're going to go there right now. Max, I'm going to go to you. I'm going to give you the honor to talk about this because I know you've probably been chopping at the bit to talk about 
Mark Rodak. So let's talk about it now. Uh, oh, well, and uh, I, I want to get want you to explain what you saw and let's let's talk about Mark Rodak with the, with the uh, deliberate handball and he gets a red card. And uh, it's tough because when we were watching this, all three of us, I don't think we got a good angle of this. I know he raised his arm, but I, I again, he's claiming that it probably hit his body, his shoulder, but it didn't hit, you know, his arm. So I haven't seen a good view of this. So he was arguing well, but the decision was made. But let's talk about what obviously led up to the, this decision. He gets a red card. Let's talk about it. Yeah, and, and there was a picture uh, on social media afterwards that really clearly showed it struck his arm. So I don't think okay. that was, you know, it wasn't a good angle, but the referee made the right call, no doubt. And okay. I really think this is this is so much more simple than people make it out to be. I think it's just a goalkeeper error, and it's one that cost us a match. And, and I'll walk you guys through it because, from my view, let, let's be clear, it was it was poor defense by Joe Bryan. Yes. And th- that's a big part of it. That's part sure. of this, too. Joe yes. Bryan lost his man. He's out of position. And it forces Rodak to make it a big, big decision, right? We're on 20 minutes in the match, and it's clear the Borough right winger is going to be through. Now, if I'm a goalkeeper and you rush, it was probably 15 to 20 yards outside his own penalty area to get this ball. If I'm the keeper, if I'm Rodak, I have to be almost 100% sure I'm getting that ball first. Because if the, if the attacker gets there first, Number one, he hits it against my arm. I'm setting off is what happened. Number two, he chips it over me. It's a goal. Or number three, he puts it above me and I take him out and it's a red card. The only situation this works is if he gets there first and doesn't hit his arm and he, he slides it out I think with his feet. That's the only situation in which it's justified to come out of his box. And I've seen in the replay many times. I tweeted out this video and a lot of people didn't like it. Maybe they didn't really like the facts of the matter, but it was clear from the very start he came off his line too late, yep. and he was never going get, to get to that ball first. And at that point, it's a mistake. Because if you stay in your goal, I think it's likely, you know, the Borough player is a great opportunity to score, that's for sure. But you keep the team to 11, and I have no doubt with how poor Borough were all matched that we would have come back and won this match. Making that rash decision to come all the way out of his box puts you in, in a situation where it's likely you get set down to 10, and the prospect of winning the match, the percentage drops so low, that's yeah, not worth yeah. it for me. To waste yourself. Again, it's 20 minutes in. If it's the last minute of the match and they're definitely going to score and we're preserving a lead, it's a different situation. But right now, it's just erratic. It's rash. Honestly, it's everything people say Bettinelli was, honestly, in making poor decisions, terrible decision-making, slipping, whatever. And it it said to me that, listen, I took no joy in this. I mean, it destroyed our chances of winning, and I think it really hurt our automatic promotion chances. But for me, it, it vindicated me in a certain way that Everyone's saying get Ben Nelly out. And the assumption was Rodak would be better or Rodak would be a change. And it's not always like that in football, that if take player A out, player B will make it better. Rodak's unproven. I've been saying it for a while. Sure, he played for Rotherham. We're not Rotherham, lads. Okay, we're not Rotherham. I don't care. (laughs) I don't think everyone could assume that Rodak would be a star immediately or would make the right decision. And to look at the facts, it's a second start. He cost the team the three points. There's no way to spin this. Some people are spinning it as, oh, he kept the clean sheet. Oh, you have to do it. There's no way to spin this. I'm sorry. That was a really bad error. And I hate to say it. I don't think we'll see him again all season because a man Parker, I think it was very difficult for him to take out Bednelli. I think they had a rapport as past teammates, and Parker obviously had trust in him to right. bring us back to basics and bring us up. It took him a while to drop him after a couple of errors he made. And I think Parker now knows 
gave Redick trust. Rodak took that trust away. I think Park will be very wary to put him back in goal again. So that's how I saw it. I'd love to hear guys' thoughts because I know there's difference of opinion. Sure. I just see it very simply as a big error that cost us the win. Well, it was a huge error, Max. And it's funny because I, I understand where you're going on this. It, you're all looking big picture. You know, you're, we're talking about Marcus Benelli, and I want to say this, and I've said this already, that I thought Marcus Benelli played very well. I thought he took the situation very well and, uh, and handled it about as best as he could. So I, I want to give him credit on that. But I also think it backs what I really truly believe and still dumbfounded by. Why didn't Fulham get a, a proven goalkeeper this summer? They were upgrading everywhere. They're were, they were making all these moves. Why didn't they get a proven goalkeeper? And I'm going to keep saying that because I think it's it keeps showing itself. Nothing against Marcus. Nothing against Merrick Rodak. I wanted someone that had a little bit more experience and more proven record. And uh, neither one of them have it. And I, that's what I wanted. And if I'm Tony Khan in January, I look at some of the errors that both of them have made and said, where's our number one weakness? I'll say goalkeeper. Fix it. Fix it in January. That's going to be my defining moment of this whole situation with Benelli, Pryor, and then, of course, Rodak in this match. I think we need a proven goalkeeper. And this uh, situation just basically gives – me more reason to feel that way. Giannis, over to you. want your thoughts on what Max and I just talked about and your thoughts on the red card to Merrick Rodak. Well, uh, Rodak thought he was Renny Higita, so he decided he'd come flying <laughs> off his line like, like a wallaby. Um, he's, he's done what every goalkeeper's trained to do when they're, they're coming off their line, even if it's seven miles outside the box, which is make yourself big. Yep. It's, it's, hit him, it's hit him in the arm. You know, the... I think the striker's done a good job of cleverly hitting it against his arm, and, and that's fine. And, you know, I, I mean, there's two ways to go. Do you say it's deliberate handball, accident, whatever it is? He's given the red. But the, but the thing, going to what you said, uh, Russ, absolutely nails it. Because here's the thing. Scotty Parker has benched bets to give Rodak a go. And that tells me only one thing. He doesn't think the goalkeeping in this club is good enough. If his number one goalkeeper, who's Benelli, he's, you know, he's gone with him most games, and he decides to bench him. This isn't like hockey, where you go, you know, hockey goalie 1A, 1B, you know, double header, you play one keeper and you play another. It's not like that. If he's benched bets for Rodak, he's saying, our first, uh, my first choice keeper isn't good enough. And if my first choice keeper isn't good enough, then guess what? Our keeping isn't good enough. So to your point, I think you're absolutely right. When you're looking at um, when you're looking at um, when you're looking at um, the, the transfer window in January, what he has to do is he has to upgrade on the goalkeeping. I, I think he's got no choice. Rodak's going to get stick for this. I'm not going to crap on him because he's a young keeper. If I was to have a dollar for every time our goalkeeping. You know, Jesus Christ, we've had Fabry, we've had Rico, we've had David Unbutton, Betsy, you know, Betsy and Kodak Rodak. And the number of mistakes in the last few years, we can all have a good laugh at. But uh, you know what? I like our back four. And um, Rodak being in was testament to the fact that he doesn't think our keeping is good enough. So it's tough three games for him to sit. But they will not be his last game this season. I guarantee you that. Rodak will play again. 
because Rodak will be chomping in the pit. He played really well for Rotherham last year. Rotherham weren't a poor side, but this guy kept him in many, many games. You ask any Rotherham fan about his performance. Player of the season last year there for a relegated team. season, And you don't become a bad player overnight. So I think the big thing about all this, yeah, it, you know, did it cost us three points? Probably did. I think the biggest issue to come out of this game is, the, is really the admission that our goalkeeping is not good enough. And we need to upgrade if we think we're going to get into the top two or even make the playoffs this year. Okay. Excellent there. Giannis, all right. Let's uh, finish up talking about the end of the first half. And uh, I want to get your thoughts on how Fulham saw out the first half. I thought, I thought we, with ease. I thought we, I thought we looked, I thought we looked very comfortable. It's a bit of a, it's, it's, it's an odd one because, you know, sometimes when you're playing with one less player, you're not going to do what, I mean, if you saw the game last Friday night, Southampton against Leicester, that is the classic example of what not to do when you go down to 10 men. I mean, Southampton didn't just lay an egg, they laid a forest. I mean, they, they had an absolute meltdown. They panicked. Um, the shape went to toilets. Uh, the formation went to an even bigger sewage plant. And they're letting nine, nine goals at home. I mean, you know, when things are bad enough, you just look and say, well, how's that even possible? Now, to, to give us credit, I thought we kept our shape. Yeah, no, we had to be the sacrificial lad. Well, it wasn't going to be anyone else, was it? I mean, let's be honest, he's not going to take. Who else is he going to take off? You know, he's more, he's more likely to take Carl McFadden off, and he's not even playing for us. So Anoma had to come off the field. And, and I thought our shape was good. I, I, really, I, I felt at halftime, I felt we'd get at least a point. And if we did get a point, I'd go, okay, it's a difficult place to play. It's a long journey to the Northeast. We had chances to win it. Don't get me wrong. But I thought, I thought we looked pretty untroubled going into the halftime break. Okay, excellent. All right, let's... Move to the second half, and let's talk about Fulham. And, Max, I will go to you because what's interesting about talking about the second half is it's going to sound crazy, but I think Fulham grew into the match, and we're a different team in the second half. I said that to Robert Wilson, and he believed that uh, Scott Parker talked to the players uh, at halftime and things changed a little bit. So I want to get your thoughts on that, okay? So, But before I do, I just want to mention that Fulham definitely had a couple of opportunities. You had Bobby Reed in the 60th minute. In the 66th minute, you had Mitro's header that just goes over. So let's let's yeah. stop there. This is such a wonderful opportunity. Mitro normally scores. What what was going through your mind when you saw the opportunity for Mitro in the 66th minute? Yeah, I thought I thought it was in Russ. It was such a nice move from Kearney's uh, defense splitting past to Brian. That lovely chip to the to the to the back post, and Mitra's there. It's a free header, and he, I thought it was in. And it would have been the perfect way uh, to seal what Parker described as a defining performance. It, it was battling um, because we did look almost the more threatening at times. It's a situation in which you give a really bad team the ball, and they don't know what to do with it. There are very few instances since Rodak got sent off in the game where I felt like we were really under pressure. We were never really under the cost. We looked largely comfortable. And on the break, we were dangerous. I thought Cavalera had another excellent game. I thought Kearney ran the match, really. couple instances, he nutmeg players, started the counter. He was instrumental. And, of course, Mitro, um, such a tireless runner up there. He deserved that goal. Um, it was a bad miss, in all honesty. In the form he's in, I thought it was in. And then, again, I just want to take a step back, though. And, and of course, the situation is you you're, have 10 men 
in a, in a tough away match, you know, a long way from London. I understand. But Borough are, are the third worst team in the league. They're in the relegation zone right now. This is a terrible team. And you look, you look at the bottom five, honestly. It's Huddersfield, Reading, Borough, Stoke, Barnsley. We played all those teams away. And we failed to win from three. And we, we beat Reading, Huddersfield, right? But the bottom three teams, Borough, Stoke, Barnsley, zero wins. And that's not good enough, guys. That's not good enough. And that's why I have a really hard time being overly positive about this result. Because I know, logically, I should be. We had 10 men. The odds are you lose this match. But Borough are such a poor team that I really thought, you know, starting off the match, we really should have won this and won it comfortably. Okay. Excellent. Giannis, I want to get your overall thoughts in the second half. A Rodak would have finished those two chances. Easy. He'd have smashed them on. <laughs> good old, good, good old, good old Rodak. Well, but, it's, but, you know, but I'm going to come back to the point that, you know, um, and actually, Max makes a good point about the bottom five. And mind you, Max, if you watched the Ha-Has play Brentford last night, oh, my God. Talk about medicine for insomniacs. Oh, my God. It was god-awful. Absolutely god-awful. Um, but, you know, it's funny how many times, how many chances, good chances we've missed, not just on Saturday, but this season. You've got to stick them in the net if you're six yards out. I'm sorry. You don't. And it's, it's um, I think our conversion rate could and should be better. And Mitro has scored, what, 12 goals this year? And I still think it is because could have scored a lot more. I think, um, you know, I think everybody's got to do their do. We create enough chances. We, you know, we have enough possession. We, we, we generate more passes than any other team in this division. I think defensively, we look fairly solid. Um, but our conversion rate could and should be better. I, I keep thinking that one day we're going to absolutely club a team. We're going to absolutely, uh, whoever, I hope it's Barnsley at home, that'll be funny. And we'll, we'll score seven or eight against them and just, just club them. But at this, at this, you know, at this level, uh, you know, conversion rates in the box should be better in that zone four. And we had chances to win on Saturday. And you know what? Had we won, Ross, had we won yep. on Saturday, would we even really be going on about Rodak? We go, yes. okay, we're down 10. Yes, are we not, we I would have. Don't, don't doubt well, me. You would. <laughs> no, you would. Yeah, we know you would. I mean, that's, 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 that's a given. But, I no, mean, we would have been so sad. Our great goalkeeper was missing for a match. Oh, no, what we've done without Rodak. There would have been mourning, mass mourning in SW6. Rodak, Rodak kept a clean sheet for as long as he was on. Right? Number one. And number two, it's not like we didn't generate any chances. We did. We've had chances to win that game with 10 players. And we couldn't finish. So, you know, I know Parker's going to be very pleased with, you know, dedication. But, but I'm sure primarily thinking, bloody hell. We had enough chances with 10. We should have beaten these buggers. Never mind with Rodak sitting having a shower. You've got, to, you've got to finish your chances. So, you know, somewhere along the line, they've got to take some responsibility. As I said, I feel bad for the kid. He's a goalie and, and, and he's young and he's, and he's made, he's had, a, he's had a brain cramp, but bloody hell, haven't we all? We've all had him and keepers certainly have had him before. And it's not like we've had the greatest goalkeeping in the world anyway. I think that's part of the bigger problem. But if, if Mitchell puts that one away, it, it's done and they collapse. Um, and he didn't. So, you know, I think that for public posture, he'll sell the media. He's delighted and he's proud of the players and he's ecstatic with them. It's character building and it's defining. 
But I'm sure Mossberg Park will go, you buggers, put the, your bloody chances away. We created enough to win that damn game. Even with nine men, we might have won that game, but you've still got to stick the ball in the back of the net. You know? And, and, and as a manager, he'd every right, every right to do that. In fact, that's what I'd have done. I'd have gone, Mitra, how are you scoring all these goals for fun and you miss sitters? Come on, sort it out. Anyway, okay. there you go. Anyway, okay. Rodak would have finished the punch chance. I still say he wouldn't. That's just me, but there you go. <laughs> I'm, I'm yes. Or somebody, somebody, hey, Russ, somebody referred to me on Saturday night on Twitter as Jellyhead because I was defending Rodak. I suppose I'm a bit of a Jellyhead, but I'll still defend the lad. Oh, that's a good, that's a new one, Giannis. Send that to me. I'm going to use that for now. Jellyhead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, excellent. Good stuff, guys. Very good stuff. So let me ask you both before we move on and we overall look at this match. Max. You look, look at this as two points dropped, correct? I do. I do, sadly. Okay. Giannis, one point gained or two points dropped? How do you, I think how do you look at I think it? it? I think it's a point gained. I, I think it's, you know, I, the, the unfortunate thing is, you know, we looked at Stoke and thought, oh, this is going to be a, a laugher. And then, and then they bit us. You know, um, first game of the season, Barnsley away. It was all right. All right. All right. Uh, this should be easy, nice, easy, easy drive up to Oakwell. No, they beat us. So um, in this division, as you can see, if you just take one look at the division and see how crazy this bloody division is turning out right now. The parity in the, in the, is, is, is remarkable. The, we're, we're fifth is remarkable. So I think, and then watching last night, QPR would have gone, the Ha-Has would have gone second had, had they beaten the fodder. I thought the Ha-Has were poor and Fodder were marginally better. It was a really poor game to watch. And I'm thinking if the Ha-Has were going to go second with a win, well, if we can get some consistency going, and that's all we're missing, Russ. We're right. putting a lot of good performances, but we've got to be consistent. And I think we've consistently got to score goals because we've got enough firepower, honestly, to, to really give teams a good hiding. But we, we tend to let them stick around, you know, and... Um, we still, I still, I still think it's fairly early in the season. I mean, we're 15 games in. We're six, five, and three. We're going to start hitting the meat and potatoes soon because we're going to start in the cold weather. The clocks obviously have changed, and then he's going to start to get into the heavier pitches and, and you know, and and all that sort of nonsense. But I think we're in a decent position now. I just, I'd like us to score more, and I think at the transfer deadline, I think that Mr. Khan has got to sort out our keeping uh, keeping issue. Okay. Very good there. Yes. All right, guys. So let's look at the full-time stats, see if they tell us anything from this match. All right. Possession. Middlesbrough had 56% to 44% for Fulham. Again, we have to remember this is Fulham down to 10 men overall. Total shots, 14 to 7 in favor of Middlesbrough. Shots on target, one each, which is very interesting. (laughs) Five to two on corners in favor of Middlesbrough. Cross is 24 to 10 in favor of Middlesbrough. Attempted pass is 483 to 386 in favor of Middlesbrough. This is interesting. Passing accuracy, 86% for Middlesbrough. Fulmore still at 79%, even down a man. That really yeah. sticks out to me. Files 16 to 9 in favor of Middlesbrough. Giannis, what stands out to you from the full-time stats? I think a shot each on target. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty rancid. It was like I was watching um, – 
I got up early last weekend for, and you know, I've been yammering on about this. It's been the Rugby World Cup. Um, and I got up for the England won the, the first semi final against the All Blacks, which was incredible, spectacular. But the second semi final was Wales against South Africa. And it sort of reminded me of that game because um, the, the Welsh against the Springboks was like, um, it was like trench warfare. It was, you know, not a lot of chances. There were, I think, a total of um, maybe what was it, two tries in the whole game. Um, it, it was just like a stalemate. And it was a little bit like that. You can't, oh my God, I'm, I'm looking in the, you can't make this script up, Russ. I've just parked my car and there's a, 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 a giant plunger. That's got to be the biggest plunger I've ever seen in my life. The hell is she going to do with that? Anyway, two shots on ta- target the whole game. Yeah, honestly, you've got to see this thing. It's massive. Um, it, it doesn't say a lot. So, um, But as I said, you take the point. You don't attend men. You take the point. It is what it is. So, But as I said, if Rodak had been playing, it had been 4 nothing to us. He just scored all four. Three overhead kicks and a header from 50 yards out. Okay. How about you, Max? Yeah, I think the, the the full match stats. I mean, one shot on target for Burrow, and they had uh, three quarters of the game with a man advantage. That's shocking. I mean, that, that's my point of how bad this team is, which makes it more frustrating that we didn't win. I mean, I know, of course, the circumstances, but they're so bad. I mean, to, to have a man advantage at home and only trouble the keeper once, it's almost mind-boggling. So that's something I can't even wrap my head around. Um, but yeah, the fact that we still even still had seventy nine percent pass accuracy with the man down again, also pretty impressive. So for what it was, I think the stats really show how poor Burrow really are. Okay. Okay, great stuff, guys. Let's wrap this up with final thoughts, Max. To you. Yeah, I think this is going to be a season defining stretch. You know, if Parker thought that Burrow nil nil draw was season defining, wait until he sees what's next for us, because. So far this season, we've played all but two of the bottom 12 teams. We've played the poor teams already. What's next is really going to define, I think, whether we're fit for promotion or not. Because we have, in the next nine, nine matches or so, we're playing the second-place team, the third-place team, the fourth-place team, the sixth-place team, the eighth-place team. So that's the likes of QPR, Swansea, Bristol, Preston, Leeds. In addition to Brentford, always going to be a tough one, local derby. Um, and the likes of Darby, who uh, won't have Rooney yet, but will still be a fearsome side, I still think. So in this next month and a half, we're playing the best teams in the division. We're playing them close to each other. And it's really going to show us whether this team's for real. I'm looking forward to it because, you know, last time we got promoted, it was that stretch of matches yep. in around late January, early February against the top sides when we really announced ourselves as contenders. It was Wolves, Bristol, uh, those types of teams, Sheffield United. This time, we're going to have to play the top teams, and I'll be looking forward to see if we can go toe-to-toe because okay. we showed we can do it with West Brom, but now it's the chance for the other of that top eight, and it'll be very, very fascinating, I think. Okay, excellent. Giannis, over to you. Final thoughts. There are, Russ, the one thing that's predictable about this division this year it's, is it is completely unpredictable. I mean, no team has got going yet. There have been some really, really bizarre results. I mean, Derby County before the season, I would have gone, you know, one of the favourites. And uh, the Booney, Booney and Zuni, and that's still not going to help them right now. 
Um, there's so much inconsistency. And as I said, you know, the ha-has could have gone second last night, like really. Um, it's just, it's going to take the two teams that generate some sort of consistency. Max talked about those teams we have to play. None of them worry me. None of them worry me if we're playing up to the standard or our par. Um, we've got the ability, and you might be, we might be one of these teams that just raises our game and plays really well against good sides. I, right. I, I can see that. Um, so it's a, we've got Schmoll coming up, so let's beat those buggers because <laughs> none of us like them, let's be honest. Hate oh, I can't stand them. And if you've ever been to Schmoll, you'll know why because it's a shithole. Um, <laughs> but I'm looking forward. And then um, we could be the nice top aquarium, three. To be honest. Uh? They have a nice aquarium up there, okay? Don't be too harsh. They, they, yeah, the, the, the aquarium is only good if you empty the fish and, and use it as a washroom. I mean, it's, <laughs> Schmoll is an absolute just nondescript towns in Norwich. Um, in Norwich, in England. I think Norwich might be the most nondescript town. Who, who actually thought of in town in the middle of nowhere? Literally nowhere, surrounded by potato fields. That's Norwich. And yet they call the Canaries. I, I don't know. But you know what? I don't. Yeah. There's no team. Swansea City, I thought. I thought Swansea City looked to be the, the class. Yep. But then they lost to Stoke. Yep. They lost to Stoke, bloody City. Like, what's that all about? So this is going to be an interesting next few weeks. But I'm confident that starting with the demolition of Schmull, um, we'll go racing up the table quicker than Mag Rodak comes flying off his line like a gazelle. Okay. Excellent. All right, guys, great show. My final thoughts actually involve my son. We actually are recording this uh, Tuesday night, which is uh, October the 29th. My son Brady has turned 12, and uh, he's named after Tom Brady. I know Giannis knows that, and, of course, Max knows yep. that as well. But I actually put something on Facebook, and I got a very nice comment on it, and I want to share this with the audience because uh, I think many of you will know who this is. So I just want, I thought this is kind of cool. This is for my son. This is a comment on, on a Facebook post I did about my son's birthday. Hi, Brady. Have a fantastic birthday. Go and enjoy yourself. All the best. Gordon Davis. Wow. Yeah. So just, that's great. Yeah. That's great. Legend. The man. So, Gordon, the man. thank you so much. If you listen back to the show, thank you very much. That means a lot to me and my family that you actually put a little comment on that for me. You are a foam legend, and uh, I saw that, and I just I couldn't believe that you did that. So thank you, Gordon. All right. That's Ivor Good for show, you. guys. That's Ivor for you. <laughs> it is. He's a great guy. All right, guys. We do have to wrap this up. For Max Cohen and Yashinas, I'm Russ Cohen. Thank you, as always, for listening to Cottage Talk. Whether taking a road trip to the beach, heading to the mountains, or driving to the city, Summer adventures are nonstop fun in a new Honda. But let's face it, summer trips can really add up. That's why I love the fuel efficiency of Honda. With Honda, you can save your money for other things, like that awesome keychain at the convenience store, that brand new album you wanted, or whatever else your heart desires. New Hondas are arriving daily. See your local Honda dealer and start your summer adventures today. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. 
at participating restaurants. 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the Pro Pilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.